0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, there was some surprises on Friday. Uh, the most surprising, I guess, didn't, you know, finish as surprising as it was looking. But Stuart Schraft, they were down 10-0 into the fourth quarter to James River, a team that Buffalo Gap handled in week one, a team that came in 2-1 and one to the game. And uh draft one, but it took a twenty four point explosion in the fourth quarter. It took uh Graber scoring, I believe, all three touchdowns in the fourth quarter with his feet. And uh that's the way they won that ball game. And that's two straight weeks now that we've been really surprised with the lack of Stewart's draft offensive output.
0: Yeah, to the point where I would be concerned um going into this loray game and frankly and some other Shenandoah district matchups now just because the offense has to be better and i'm I'm glad graber ran in a 27 yard touchdown i wish i could see graber throw um because i think he's good but it also i mean they're allowing james rivers quarterback to go just under 50 for yeah, 160 I mean, cool yards that and that a touchdown like yeah. That's, that's worrying from the defensive side of the ball. Um, just because that's something when that we're not used to seeing, we're used to seeing that defense get home. We're used to seeing them make the quarterback's night, a nightmare. And for I'll him to, you,
1: when, they, when they play Stanton, I'm going to remember yeah, that. Stanton, a Stanton is a team that right has
0: a capable quarterback Fort has a capable quarterback. Um, I didn't see that necessarily from Wilson on Friday. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but, um, yeah, I mean, I would be a little bit worried about that, uh, now, I think Draft's offense is probably good enough to handle Fort and probably good enough to handle Stanton, but...
1: It's going to get tested.
0: It's going to get tested. I, I don't think much of James River's defense, and this isn't an, this offense didn't put up any points until the fourth quarter, and, and I that is honestly a, a huge cause for concern. I think Stewart's draft is maybe the fourth-best team in 2B now, and that's a concern.
1: And and I mean, and, and that's at that a maybe,
0: because who knows about East Rock?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think East Rock is up and down. I think there's a lot of teams that, that are like that. But looking at, 2B, looking at 2B, yeah, I think they're one of those. I think 2B, we're talking Central, we're talking Strasburg, and Strasburg might be the most impressive mm-hmm. now, because Central squeaked it out against Clark County a week ago, and then Strasburg went up to Clark County and whacked them this week. So those two teams, they don't play until the last week of the season. But and then Larey, Larey is the undefeated Class Two B team, and sure enough, that's who Stuart Straff's traveling up to play this week for a monster Two B game. And I, I think this is a you know Two B semifinal preview type of game. You know, there I, I just mentioned the other teams Stuart Straff might play in a semifinal, but like Larey and Stuart Straff definitely could see each other in a semifinal or a final. And I, I think this game's going to tell us a lot. Knowing how much LeRae stepped up against Buffalo Gap, that's the hardest team they've played so far, and they whooped them 43-7. to I mean, they beat them as bad as they've played any other team. They beat the crap out of Rockbridge. They beat up on Page. They beat up on Skyline. Buffalo Gap, I would say, is better than all those teams, even if Buffalo Gap's not quite what we thought they were. Well, here comes George Draft, who we think is better, But LeRae absolutely handled the Bison last time, uh, earlier in the season. So I think LeRae is going to have their best foot forward. And based on the last two weeks, I have strong concerns, like you've already mentioned, that Stewart's Draft offense will do enough to win this game. Now, the good thing for Stewart's Draft is their defense is going to keep them in the game. Mm -hmm. Their defense is not going to do what Buffalo Gap did and give up 43. I, I would be shocked if they score 43 on Stewart's Draft. But this could be one of those 21-nothing dominating victory kind of things. You know, this is going to I was involved, you know, on the sidelines of one of those kind of games back in the day when Riverheads and Stonewall had those rivalries going on. And one of the most dominating games I remember being a part of, it was only 21-0. It was Riverheads beaten Stonewall, but it was absolute dominant defense. I'm scared for Stuart draft that that's what could be coming with Larray as short draft gives up very little, but just enough for Larray to score a couple touchdowns and they can't find it themselves. So I, I have a lot of concern this week and it's only really with the offensive side of the ball for the Cougars.
0: And I think the other thing to keep in mind too, Leland is just, I mean, you're saying it could be 21, nothing. I don't know. I'm I
1: mean, not even 20, maybe 14, nothing, but like a low. Uh, start, I don't know. No, like no, 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 no. I'm
0: saying I'm worried about it being higher. I mean, Larray's oh, offense really? is Putting up a ton of points no matter who they're playing, and that that is, look,
1: yeah, but they haven't played a whole lot of teams that are that are great. I mean, Buffalo Gap had a terrible defensive night that night, and okay, it was it was worse than we thought for Buffalo Gap. But all these other, like, okay, so then give me another example. None of those teams are that great on that list. So okay. I'm giving Stewart's Draft credit from what I've seen for three or four years and this season. They they haven't given up much this season. Do we they think James up- River
0: is great? Because James River scored 10 points.
1: Yeah, o- only 10. I, I like one touchdown. I, I I think Stewart's draft will give up a touchdown to Larae. I'm giving them that credit. More. I think they could give up more. Yeah, but I think Laray's better than James 40. River, though. I don't think they're going 40.
0: I don't maybe not 40, but I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a 35. Huh? Huh? I think Larey is that yeah, good. And I know you're saying, and, and you're not wrong necessarily saying, you know, Cap's defense had a bad night. There's no other way to, you know, really spin that. Um, But maybe Larey makes defenses have a bad night. Like maybe that's something that's going to happen to yeah. Stewart's draft. Maybe and so.
1: I I, I just, I just I, I this Stewart's offense, I for defense, Stewart's drafts. Too many times for too long.
0: Yeah, for Stewart's drafts' sake, that, that defense needs to hold them to a 21 and then they better hope their offense somehow finds a way to score
1: 28. Yeah. I, I or, or 24. I mean, they have a kicker, so we'll give them that out. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just – I am going to give Stewart's draft the benefit of the doubt. And I, I didn't. I didn't in the preseason on offense. I said I had questions about their offense. So now that I have questions so quickly again, yeah, I'm throwing their offense under the bus. But defense, they haven't given me any worries yet. And including past, I mean, I guess, you know, the season finale last year when they lost to um, central is a pretty good indicator. And, you know, this is a team on that level. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you're right, but I, I would think they keep it lower scoring. And so my biggest concern being that offense, being able to keep up, I think we're saying a similar thing. Um, you think you're, you're quicker to think they might give up more points. Maybe, maybe so.
0: Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, again, if the defense holds them to 21, that's not a guarantee that they win either which I know you just said. So, yeah. it, it's really going to come down to the offense, I think. I don't I don't if they lose this game, it's not going to be I'm not going to be looking there going, well, Stewart's Draft's defense let them down tonight. Like it's going to be because the offense doesn't score.
1: I'll tell you, and Lorey, I mean they're playing a tough defense in Stewart's Draft this week. Next week they play Centrals defense who's given up 8.2 points a game, and then down the stretch they'll play Strasburg, who's only given up 4.75 right now. So, uh Luray, I mean this if LeRae goes in there and really does well in this game, that's going to make these other teams. That's full run, man. This full run's loaded. That's It's fun to see that. Because I don't think Clark County, the Clark County's the team kind of got left behind here. It's a team I'm not talking about. I don't think they're trash. So, I mean, that's a solid district. Better than the Valley. <laughs>
0: <sighs> no doubt. Um, Absolutely no doubt. But I, I just, here's the other thing I'll touch on before we get off of Stewart's draft. Okay. The other concern I would have Leland is the offense seemed to start really struggling after a bye week. That is not supposed to be when that happens.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. It'll be interesting no matter what they has draft has LeRae this week. This is just this is one of their bigger games of the season. I oh, and this is
0: th- this is the game of the week, by the way.
1: Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. We all know that. I'm going to be watching on my iPad the entire time. We're not at this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fort Defiance, they surprised us. We're, we're starting with the surprises. They lost down at Rockbridge. And I thought Rockbridge, in my mind, was the weakest Valley District team. And, and I already alluded to the fact of the Valley being weak. I thought Rockbridge, Rockbridge was the weakest of them. I saw them a week ago play Stanton. And other than a first half, a couple drive, two drives that were pretty good. Other than that, they they went away pretty easy. So I thought Fort Defiance coming in with some expectation now. You know, that's how quick this world turns as you go from hoping to win one to, you know, why aren't you going to make the playoffs? They lose to Rockbridge 29-26. Rockbridge kind of gets that, you know, revenge from last year that Fort Defiance going in or, you know, scoring late to win in that ball game. Rockbridge scores late this year to win that ball game. And kind of muddies the future for Fort Defiance. I still think they're gonna battle in some games. I still think they have wins ahead of them. Uh, but they need a they need two, two to have a chance, three to feel good about a playoff spot, and all they have left is Shenandoah District Games, and that's that makes me nervous for them.
0: Yeah, this would have been one that if you get the win, you're four and one with Wilson, Stanton, and Gap still on the schedule, knowing that at least one two to feel comfortable now it's yeah. at least two three to feel comfortable all
1: of those all of those um tonight. yeah three. yeah
0: uh, unless you're gonna do something crazy like upset draft or riverheads which they're not so um yeah that would be my concern right and this is this is a heartbreaking loss for this team because it's very similar to the way they lost or they beat rockbridge last year um, they just have it re- the favor returned, and um, that sucks uh, because I think this is kind of like you were saying. Going into the year, if you would have said to us, hey, Fort's going to win three games this year, we would have been like, wow, hats off. Congratulations. But now with a 3-1 and start, it is going to kind of feel like a bit of a disappointment if they don't. If they don't get in the playoffs, and, and if
1: you told me then, or even the first couple of weeks of the season, Ford's going to have three wins. I I think one of them is against Rockbridge, so that's that's why. Yeah, more, no, I
0: agree. Play. I would have thought this is this is the one that they win out of those three for sure. But uh, for them to lose this game, um, man, it really puts you back on your heels, and you're just left wondering: Can this team get it figured out uh, during the bye week before Wilson and Stanton? And, and that's a team that honestly. I know we just touched on Stewart's draft is coming out of the bye week has had more problems than they had going in, but you're really hoping Fort takes advantage of this bye week to figure out, you know, what went wrong in that Rockbridge game and get it corrected because
1: yeah.
0: Wilson looks very beatable, Um, but it's not okay. a slam dunk. I, I think that's going to be a fantastic game. I, I think those two teams are probably similar talent levels, and yeah. uh, I. That's a game that, frankly, Fort has to have because I don't, I, I don't feel super confident in Gap, and frankly, I don't feel super confident in Stanton. Like I would say, all Gap, yeah. I would say I lean Gap. The other two, I, flip a coin.
1: Yeah, and plus, the, you know, by the time they get to Gap in that final game, what's their mental state? You know, what happens these next two games? Right. Yeah. Are they coming in losing their last five games? Yeah. Right. So, um, I. I really thought this was going to be the week, and I can't remember if I said on the podcast a week ago or if I said it on Friday. I thought this was going to be the week where we see how Fort's matured to be able to, like, put a team away, go into a game, kind of be in the favorite, get up and put them away. And uh, we did not see that. So that, you know, still wanting to see something like that. That's something you got to see out of a team that you just, you know, that's a playoff team for you just to throw. And that's a playoff Mm -hmm. team. They got to have that in them. I know some teams get in there at seven and eight and squeeze in without necessarily that feeling, but um, you know, to feel good about them saying, I think they're a playoff team. You'd want to see that. And that's, you know, this is going to be equitable with them not having the wins they need. So it goes right in line, but they do have the bye this week. um, And we'll see how they, they can do there. Um, That reminds me of, I need to look at their stats coming out of bye weeks. I know a lot of years, they don't have a lot of wins, but I want to see if they've happened to come after bye weeks previous years. So, I'll look into that. You might hear it on Friday, you might hear it next week. Oh, uh, Wilson. Now, I'm not going to say the Wilson game is some kind of shocker or some kind of, you know, I can't believe they lost. No, I thought it was I thought this was a game that either team could win. But Spotswood definitely went out and took this game. They made things hard for Wilson early and gave themselves a good lead. So then we're in the second half, we're Things weren't quite as smooth for spots with they had room to breathe and and kind of, you know, still played right with them. It was, I guess, a tight 21-21 in the second half um, or whatever it was, even in the second half. Um, I thought I was happy that Wilson kept fighting. They didn't just roll over. I've seen previous teams in this district go into games that they think they can win, you know, kind of sputter after it's not going their way. They didn't. They fought, and I like that. And that's going to help them in some of these other games. I think they're going to have – I think they're this group of teams that we're talking about, Fort, Stanton, Wilson, Gap, I think there's going to be some tight games just between Mm -hmm. all of them. I I don't think this is going to be like last year where everything was a 21-point game. I think we're going to see tight ball games. I think this is a good signal for Wilson in a loss. But I was still just disappointed they weren't a little bit closer to what Spotswood was. Now, Spotswood was big and physical. And credit to them, but I still thought Wilson was going to be a little a little more physical than they were, especially early. And uh, the mistakes that they've avoided all season came rushing back against a good team here.
0: Yeah, I, it was just it, it was a ton of turnovers. It was just frankly sloppy, and um, yeah. I think that was the surprising part. You're right,
1: putting the ball on the ground. Yeah, even, it's even not necessarily losing the game. The
0: yeah, it's not necessarily yeah. losing the game to Spotswood. It, right. uh, it is the fashion in which they did it. Uh, and yeah, I, I honestly, I had kind of felt good about Wilson. I was thinking Wilson was probably the third best team in our area. And now I'm like, ah, pump the brakes. Um, that number three spot is not where you want to be in our power six poll. <laughs> um, but
1: it turns red too many times on our notes.
0: Um, I just, I think that they've got a lot to think about. Unfortunately, unlike Fort, they don't have a bye week to kind of lick their wounds after a disappointing loss to a Valley District team. They've got to get ready for Western Albemarle. Um, yeah, and there's, that's
1: a solid program. Now It is a
0: solid program. And while I, I understand your note here, they haven't looked as dominant as they have in the past. My only counter would be, well, what about Spotswood's scores made you feel like they were dominant? Coming into tonight or going into yeah. that game, and that that game went south. So basically, my point is, Wilson, you can't have four turnovers in the ball game or three turnovers in the ball game, um and then be putting the ball on the ground even more times than that and falling on it. uh Your defense has to be better. Just straight up has to be better. You have to be better at pass defense too. That was the other thing that would be a concern for me if I was a Wilson Memorial fan. There were too many times where. It just seemed like an easy pitch and catch for Stanton out there, or excuse me, Spotswood out there, and um, th- I that would be my fear against Western Albemarle as well.
1: I I agree with that. I think a specific thing, and I'll, and I'll put it on the coaches because I know they got the shoulders big enough for it. I some of this decision making that I see from this staff, not just this game, not just this year, where they're they're going for it too early in ball games, and I know there's all the you know, stats that tell you, you know, not punting and going for it is so much better. I'd revisit some of those and also apply it to the high school game and, and, and the style of play that you're using. And when your defense is your stronger side of the ball, putting 90 yards behind your defense is better than 50 yards and the risk reward yep. of that. And especially after you're already down, maybe a touchdown or two, maybe you're not quick to go to that going for it at midfield on a fourth and seven or whatever it was. It's just, I, I don't like those decisions there. I saw a year ago and it was the Western Alburo game. So, you know, 51 weeks ago, they, they went over West Royal They're in that ball game early and they turned it over on fourth down twice at midfield and it cost them. And the coach came out and credit to them said, those were my mistakes. You know, I, I put us in bad positions and I, I, I guess I didn't see that lesson learned playing a good solid Spotswood team. Here. Yeah. So I, I I worry about that, um, and I think it's something to revisit. Now you stick with it, you stick with it. that's your way, that's your way. But like I, I just think it deserves a little more thought than uh, than what than how it played out the other night. And I know you know looking back is always easier, but I I think I have tape with me saying it live, so I think I said it as they're oh, lining yeah. up. Like I would not go for it here. I would put your defense on the field, and uh, they didn't. So I um. I'll reiterate, I don't think this Western team is what we've come to expect from Western. I'm not saying they're bad. They're three and one, so they're not bad. But I just don't think they're that, you know, region semifinalist shoe in maybe further that we're used to seeing out of Western Albemarle, looking at who they lost from last year, comparing these notes for this Wilson game a year ago, um, you know, a running back, a quarterback, like, I, I think they're still coming together. It could all work together this week, and that might not matter for Wilson. Maybe they're just better enough than Wilson that it doesn't matter. But them losing a TA is an indicator to me they're not as good as I, that I'm that i used to them being. Them having a you know a closer game with Rockbridge, I think they scored that 29th point late in that ball game. Um, that That's an indicator to me that they're not as good as that we're used to them being. So uh, the Goochland game, 7-3, that's a defensive battle. Goochland's 0-4, so... A, they're not the Goochland that we're used to seeing either. So, I um, I don't know. I, I don't think Western is as good as we're used to. But again, I don't know if that decides this ball game. I think I think Wilson's gonna have to come play a great game to beat Wilson, to beat Western out tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and I guess you know the other thing that would worry me if I'm if I'm Wilson is their defense has been outside of that TA game very good and. I don't know if I saw too much in that Spotswood game that would make me think that Wilson is just going to throw up a, a bunch of points. Um, the turnovers were costly. Ryan Mundy did get some yards there um, and and pick up his pace a little bit. But honestly, I, really I left fun. that game. Going into the game, I felt, hey, but has learned his mistakes from last year. He's taking care of the football. He's doing much better, blah, blah, blah. This spot's what game I left going maybe not like because there were. I think he's better.
1: I think he's better. I think he's better, but, he's better, but man, me and those two one picks, one picks were bad problem. picks. Yeah. Yep, I think they've kept him in the right range these first games where they've asked him to do a little bit and he's able to do that. But then they needed him to make a play for him, uh, you know, three or four times this game, and that resulted in some incomplete balls and some and some picks, two picks. So yeah, he's 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 not that next level, but he's improved but he's going to have to be, he's going to have to have learned some lessons. I just was surprised. It just seemed like the arm strength wasn't quite what I even remember it being. I thought he had big arms to some of those interceptions in the past. And maybe he just was trying to put too much touch on it this week, but um, I mean, he threw two into the ground that really surprised me. So uh, at big moments that, you know, obviously you're allowed to throw in it, uh, incomplete. I'm not trying to say that about anybody, but just at some of those big moments, that was a little tough for them and you know, all of it together. That's why you got beat by 21 points. Now, it's the great thing about football. You can come out the next week and kind of make up for yourself. If they somehow find a way to beat Western Elmoral, you know, it'll look a lot them. better coming out coming out of these first, you know, halfway through the season, you'll be sitting in a better spot than they were last year. So mm-hmm. last year they were sitting three and oh, and then lost like six straight. Find a way not to do that is, is my recommendation. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, expected things. Stanton and Waynesboro. We fully expected that Stanton would beat Waynesboro in their 90th meeting, and they sure did. 48 to 10, they beat them on the ground. They beat them making big plays with turnovers. Uh, Darby didn't even have to be the guy in this one. I think he threw one touchdown pass, didn't run for any. Uh, still the leader there, but uh, they were able to get a lot out of Braylon Fields. He had four rushing touchdowns. They had some defensive big plays. I I am more and more excited for Stanton every week because they're scoring more and more points every week. It's like they're ascending in sport in, in point totals. And now, to be fair, I don't think Waynesboro is the best defense they played so far this season. No. So that might be a part of it. But I at least they're doing what you're supposed to do. You can't ask for anything more than what we've got out of Stanton so far.
0: No, and again, I think it comes back to a theme of this football season has been just how good of a job Mikey Bell has done. And I think, I think part of it is the game plan going in was to attack Waynesboro's weakness. So that's why we saw the huge ground attack, but it's good to know that that's in the, that's in the bag and that's an option because in the past, frankly, that hasn't been an option no matter who Stanton's playing. It had to be Walker Darby doing it. And so the fact that this year, When they're playing a defense that struggles against the run, you can say, hey, we're going to go to Brandon Fields. And Brandon Fields is going to tear up a defense and look great on the ground. Or Braylon Fields uh, look great on the ground. That's what you want. So I I was very encouraged to see that from Stanton. And I thought that this was a game, honestly, at the end of it. I was like, you know what? I thought Stanton was going to win this game. I didn't necessarily think they were going to win it by 38 points. That's a nice pleasant surprise from Stanton and I think Mikey Bell is just further, you know, engraving his name on that coach of the year status. Like I it's getting really hard to find somebody else who's going to win that award.
1: Yeah, both of you and I thought they'd win by 14. So, yeah, that was by more than we thought, more than um, double. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice still expected and, victory. That's what they got. And now they go into Harrisonburg. Yeah,
0: which they've got to feel good
1: their favorite four and O versus O and five Harrisonburg. And this is their 95th, 95th meeting between these two city schools. So uh, it's fun with these old rivalries and Harrisonburg Stanton is a rivalry. I know it's not something that gets talked about much anymore, but it has roots. And a lot of the, you know, parents sitting at these games and older people at these games, remember some classic games between these two schools. And the good thing about this rivalry is the better team usually wins. And Stanton is the better team in this rivalry mm-hmm. this, this, this week. So, they're fully expected to go up there and win. And, um, you know, this is a team last year, Harrisonburg, I think they finished five and five last year Stanton had not a great season and Stanton battled them last year. It was a 16, nothing ball game. We were impressed with their defense. They just, you know, they had the offensive issues that we knew they had before that their offensive issues seem a thing of the past. They've gotten past a lot of those issues and, um,
0: the defense is better.
1: Their defense is better. It's not just stars; it's a team defense. I was going to say it's that
0: sixteen stars. nothing game was surprising to us because the defense played so well. In most games, Stanton yeah. going in there had been given up, you know.
1: That's like when we thought 30, they were forty points. Together. Yeah, that's when we thought they were pulling it together. Okay, you had your lump against uh, what was it Rockbridge the week before, but mm-hmm. now you're getting it figured out, and you're going to be. And then it it, it didn't spiral, go
0: away. but yeah, Stanton. I mean, look, if Stanton does get this win, and they are five and zero halfway through the season. It gets real hard not to imagine them making the playoffs.
1: I mean, we had three local teams make it at five and five last year in the playoffs. So five and five can get you in. I, I just don't want to be sitting there. I, I don't want to be a team sitting at five. Well, and five. because as, uh, as I much as we be six, six wins before I start, you know, being too happy.
0: Sure. But I'm just saying five and O oh, and then yeah. you still have gap. You still have Wilson. You still have Ford on your right. schedule, like yeah. you got to think you can win at least one of those. And, and that's, at and that that's point, what that's six. To. And, and yeah, I mean, as look, as much as we're pooping on the Valley district, like eventually when those school poopy schools start playing each other, someone is probably going to assert themselves over the others. And so you, like you said, you don't want to be five and five looking at a, one of those crappy Valley district teams hopping you because one of them just all of them are beating up on each other, yeah. beating up on the others. Yeah.
1: Yeah yep you don't so and that's what i wanted to get to after here so we've talked about all three of the three c teams in that group fort wilson and stanton Stanton, i say there's one there's one playoff spot who's getting it and you say
0: stanton i think they're the most consistent i I think they have the best weapons too i think walker darby is a really good quarterback i think given another year maybe this is fort we're talking about but I, I think they're still a little young. That loss to Rockbridge kind of gives me some concerns. And frankly, Stanton has given I know Stanton hasn't played anybody great yet, but they haven't given me a reason to be concerned. And they beat Rockbridge. So yeah. You know, transitive property, yeah, I, I'm I think they could beat Ford now. And
1: I I the thing that I come back to, and this is on the nerd side yep. of it, is last year going into that final game of the season between Wilson, who was four and Five and Stanton, who was three and six. Whoever won that game was going to the playoffs. So even though Stanton had only beat Fort Defiance, Perry McClure, or not Perry McClure, Covington and Page County, they still had a way to get into the playoffs there at that point. So even just mathematically, with them sitting at four and o, five and oh if if they win this week, I I really think they have the upper leg of getting in. So uh, that's great. That's great. I. Uh, you know just absolutely happy about what he's doing in his first year
0: yep mikey bell's doing a phenomenal
1: job riverheads they won not a surprise now it did take them a minute to get their offense going i'm not gonna say that's the first time we ever seen that from riverheads we've seen some you know first quarter you know no score first quarters even deficit after a first quarter games and then riverheads wins 52 to 10 thank you west point um this was about what that was. It took Riverheads a couple drives to get into the end zone. They were moving the ball. They went down the field, got stopped in the goal line. They got a quick uh, turnover, I think it was, or a three and out with a good punt return, got into range, three and outed, but then tried to kick a field goal on fourth down, missed it. And then they got the ball and again, turnover on downs, you know, at like the 30. So Tazwell did what they could early to slow Riverheads down, not blow them out the blow them out the door early and all that. The good thing for Riverheads is they were out, they three and out at every single time those first couple drives. Taswell wasn't moving past midfield until after Riverhead scored. So the defense for Riverheads is where it usually is. The offense, I, I still think they're touching the offensive line, still figuring out, still getting guys, you know, exactly what on what block they need to be on. And working as a cohesive unit but they're you know everybody's that's looking for the cracks in the armor and riverheads you know keep looking get your microscopes out because the team's already played the hardest team to play this year this game was a good get back to normal get a good win taswell is not a bottom feeder team but still they treated taswell like what they are they're a two and three ball club that's going to be on the scratching end to trying to make the playoffs Riverhead's treated them like that. So overall, a good day. They kept uh, Caden Cook Cash out good. Uh, Other guys, Bryant, Cody Cash, each had, uh, I think Cody Cash had over 100, Bryant just under 100 yards. Both of them had a pair of touchdowns. So overall, a good day in Greenville.
0: But just to go back to a point where, you know, we had an argument on a couple of Fridays ago. Did I hear you correctly on the defense look normal and the offense was the unit that was maybe struggling?
1: I think we've seen Riverheads not score in the first quarter in, other, in games that Caden Cook-Cash played. Okay, I was just asking. And they drove right down the field. They, honestly, what was surprised me, they got stopped twice on fourth and one with uh, quarterback sneaks. And I they're usually so mm. good at that yeah. with, the, with the lineman up the middle. And so as much as you want to try to put this on Caden Cook-Cash.
0: Uh, I I don't want to put any of it on him. <laughs> I'm not putting any of it on him. He's hurt. Or That's not his fault. Yes. Uh,
1: you know, this. that was a play that, before or after Kaden Cook Cash's injury, he wouldn't have touched the ball anyway. Yeah. And so that's I was surprised they're getting stopped there. Um I, I think another, you know, I think two weeks of practicing defense without Kaden Cook Cash on the field might have helped some of the defensive stuff too. Um I think, you know, looking back at some of the stuff we saw in that Lord Bontoc game in the second half, you know, I I I I would have been interested to see Kaden involved there. But I'm not saying it changes the outcome. I just it would have been nice to have the best player on the field for Riverheads there. Um, but now you know, defense looked better. They were shutting okay. them down. I'm also going to say Tazwell's not what Lord Bodditot is, so that probably helped a touch too. So Duh. and but Tazwell's more like the team. Riverheads going to see a lot more teams closer to Tazwell the rest of the way than they will Lord Bodditot.
0: They won't see any other teams like Lord Bodditot. <laughs> so, I mean. Come on! Yeah, no, I, I mean, I said the, the that, team that won, the team won, 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 that the team that you know I keep being told on Friday nights is going to be the the big test is at the end of the year. I that yeah, offense I looks don't. a lot like Tazwell's <laughs> offense to me. So yeah, I I don't know. And Rickards
1: can beat them ten to seven again. They don't mind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> I don't know if Draft could score seven, but um. <laughs> I, I, this is another game where I don't think they're going to need Caden Cook cash. So if he's not 100%, don't play yeah, him I, against Westmoreland.
1: I, I have no inside knowledge on this at all. I haven't even asked. I, I just assume he's not playing. I assume they're not going to ride him on a bus three hours. to Yeah, put his just have him.
0: In, he, in can he can watch the NFHS feed. No, have our, I mean, I
1: think they'll put him on a bus. I just no, don't think they're going to put him, after no, him they get there. No, just have him watch yeah.
0: the NFHS feed propped up. You this, know, isn't, ice this isn't on his NFL. shoulder.
1: This isn't uh, ice on his <laughs> shoulder.
0: He can tweet about it, you know, whatever.
1: No <laughs> they probably have a hard enough time keeping that kid on the off the field. I don't think they're gonna keep him off the bus. Yeah, get some
0: <laughs> yeah, get some security guards, make sure he doesn't get on the bus. Um uh, make sure he doesn't sneak into somebody else's bag. Um it's well, gonna have to I, be a big know, Riverhead, bag. Riverheads
1: though, they're going to the northern neck district. Yeah. Riverheads has had nothing but success against that district. I mean, that district has produced good teams in the past, uh, but as long as Riverheads has kind of had this current rain. They're 8-0 versus the Northern Neck. They're averaging beating teams 45-11 to 11 in games. So I I would expect we're going to see some kind of score in that region, and uh, they'll come on home. And honestly, I started looking at some of the other Eastern teams, and, you know, I think Keene Williams like the only Eastern team that has beaten them in the last 20 years, and I, I don't know if they played any before then. So um, they're good. They're good when they go that way. Riverheads is usually good on a three-hour road trip too. So I just – this is going to be a – they'll be on the expected list again next week. Um, Buffalo Gap. They played Bath County, beat them 50 to – I do not even put the score on here. They beat them 50 to 7 or whatever it was, 56. 50 to one touchdown is what they beat them by. Uh, It was the usual suspects, you know, Hildebrand, Alfin, Yego, uh, with the uh, Russian touchdowns. That's the way Buffalo Gap beats you is, is rushing the football. It was good to see on the stat sheet. Luke Tinsley. Mm-hmm. He came up big late in that ball game. They didn't need him late. So it kind of told me maybe they were kind of trying stuff out here. He is back. Let's, let's throw the ball a little bit and under, make sure we know what we're doing here. Cause we're going to need it the rest of the way. And that's kind of what I've been calling for all season. He's been hurt. So you can't, you can't do it when he's not on the field, yeah, sure. but he caught two touchdowns. Uh, he also made a big play on defense cause that kid's a, he's a ball player. You know, Luke Tinsley is a football player and, uh, it was good to see him get three touchdowns in a game and, uh, see them work out some of the passing stuff and see that he has a connection with Canterbury. That's pretty good. So we're going to see that live this week when they play Waynesboro and uh, they probably won't need a lot of passing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they work some of that out again. I wouldn't be surprised if, Hey, here's a defense with, you know, uh, I guess I call them a capable defense. They, they haven't proven a whole lot of that this year, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them throw the ball a little bit earlier in this ball game, just to kind of work some of that out, get Tinsley the football and see what he can do.
0: I, I would agree with you. I think, you test it out early, the passing game, if the passing game yeah. doesn't work. Okay. We work on it. And when it gets crunch time and you need points, if that point comes against yeah. Waynesboro uh, you just run it because nobody has had problems yeah. running the ball yet. So no, um, one's
1: going to stop Alvin over there. Yeah. Nope.
0: They didn't stop him last year. I sure wouldn't expect it this year. Um, but like you said, it's, it's nice for them to get Luke Tinsley back because I, I just think he's a great ball player and the fact that he's able to be worked in and, catch two touchdowns in his first game back from an injury um, on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's going to be, you know, when we're talking about this group of schools with Fort Stanton, Wilson gap, like, yeah, that's Luke Tinsley is where that's going to be a, a separating factor there in those games. If Buffalo cap wants to win that's when they're going to need Luke Tinsley and Canterbury to be having that good chemistry and being able to connect and, and do well.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm hopeful to see more of it. Um, they're going to be in this mix. I, I, I think about them.
0: I think their defense go is going to look very good this this week. I think they're going to pitch a shutout.
1: Other than the Lare game, their defenses look just fine. They've only given up a touchdown to each team. Um, I don't
0: think they're giving up on this. Waynesboro game. didn't
1: even score an offensive touchdown last week. They the only yep. touchdown they had was off a pump block. So. Yep. I, yeah, I think it's going to be good. I like what Waynesboro does with their aggressive defense of putting that pressure on the quarterback as traditional defense for Buffalo Gap, putting that pressure on the quarterback and then that ball just winds up in their defensive backs arms back behind them. So I think they're going to try to force more of that this week. Um, they're big, you know, Gap's not as big up front as we're used to seeing them, but they're still big enough that I, I think they'll do a good job against the running back Barber there. And yeah, I, I think again, Buffalo Gap, It will join Riverheads in the expected list next week, and they'll win this game. Yeah, I would be shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, hey, we're not optimistic that we're going to the best game in the area. So if uh, Waynesboro can pull this one out, it'll probably change our minds in the process. But uh, I don't I wouldn't make a bet on that one. Let's jump to high school volleyball. Now tonight, Riverheads hosted Fort Defiance. Everybody's moving games around because of the referee shortage. So that game got moved up to Monday. I wasn't able to watch it on NFHS network like I was hoping to because of the schedule change. But Fort Defiance, as you'd expect, just kind of ran through them as they've done most people in the district. They did uh, drop a set to Wilson last week, but they swept Stewart's draft. They've swept most other teams uh, that they played um, in the district. They have Stanton on Thursday, but Stanton's not having the greatest year there. So Fort Defiance is really just rolling again. The game last week against Wilson was kind of that highlight game I had last week was, you know, here's probably the second, third best team in the district playing the first. And and Wilson, hey, they got a set off of them, but um, Fort just took it. So, uh, you know, more than not surprising here is, is basically the moral of the story.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the other thing here that is going to be, you know, frankly interesting is really when they get to region play because they seem to be that much better. And, and uh, yeah, right now I would just I'd be really worried.
1: And it I seems was- kind of like in that region, um, Rockbridge—they're a step behind what we're used to seeing Rockbridge having been for the last decade. And sure. uh, Spotswood's kind of stepped up in that role. So it'll be interesting. And Riverheads, or excuse me, Fort Defiance, Spotswood, they're uh, no stranger to rivalry. They have mm-hmm. plenty of rivalry. Back in the 90s, they had a huge football rivalry. Um, so those two teams don't like each other, I'm sure. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see when they get together. Um, but yeah, Fort Defiance is, is dominating this district. You know, I, I kind of highlighted the Buffalo Gap Riverheads game for the you know one B preview. We've seen so many times, and including last year in volleyball when Riverheads and Gap met 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 up late in the region playoffs, whether a semifinal or a final. Buffalo Gap swept Riverheads last week, so Buffalo Gap looking to have that upper hand in Region One B. So that's that's interesting, but it does set up Buffalo Gap Stewart's draft. It's kind of the third and fourth best teams in the district. They face off this week, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that. Uh, neither team, you know in that upper echelon by any means, but, you know, want to kind of be in that third spot and with a chance to nip at somebody and gain some confidence. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of that game this week. That's a Wednesday night game.
0: Yes, it will be interesting to see what happens out of that. And, uh, you know, the other thing there is, too, I got to watch Spotswood play a little bit. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of girls on that Spotswood team that is just watching them when they go up for spikes. I was terrified. (laughs) like at the table. I was like, I don't want to be
1: there too. right? Yeah. I was like, I don't want to (laughs) be on the other
0: end of that. That scares me. Um, Cause you know, uh, yeah, there's some where you're like, yeah, I think I could probably, you know, dig it out and you know, somebody else can get it over. But yeah, when spots with, some of those girls for spots would, I, as soon as they would jump up in the air, I was just, I'd hold my breath and be like, Oh, please don't hit somebody in the face. Like, Oh, it looked painful. And I, you know, Morgan Sights ended up picking up an injury in that match. She, I did. I don't know if she played in the sewers draft match or not, but I did see her tonight against Grace Christian, which Waynesboro would lose in four sets. But um, they they got swept by Spotswood. They got swept by draft, losing four sets to Grace Christian. And unfortunately for them, it's Wilson and Riverheads up ahead. Up ahead, so it's looking tough there, um, at least for the next week. But I think um, watching spots would play. I'm very curious on what's going to happen when they play for defiance because I do think that is probably the region championship because of what you mentioned with Rockbridge not being what we're used to seeing out of Rockbridge.
1: Yeah, jumping over to golf, they had a big day for region tournaments. I know two B and three C played today. There wasn't much to report out of two B. So uh, and I didn't really see anything about Stewart's draft. And I, so uh, I don't think, I think no news here is probably bad news, but at 3C, uh, we're not going to have anybody advance to States. Uh, they, they, none of the Wilson and draft and Fort um, teams or individuals were able to do that. They did have 3C all region performers, Stanton's John Elam. Uh, we did have Wilson's Chase Snyder and Fort's Isaac Marshall, they all got, you know, all region honors, but uh, they won't be able to advance to the state tournament um, as their t- none of their teams are going or their individual scores gotten them up in there. So, uh, you know, overall a solid golf season. I think we were kind of anxious to see if Wilson was able to, you know, get over that hump and make it to the state tournament. They, they're pretty loaded. Now they do have a lot of young players on their team. So I, I don't think this is the end of that story, uh, but I think we have to wait till next August to really start talking about it again, but overall a good story there. Uh, a good solid season for golf, and uh, we'll move on. Uh, I know 1B is coming up soon, so we'll be looking for that. I think that's either at the end of the end of this week or into next week. Let's talk NCAA football as much as we might not want to, or our listeners might just not want us to, because I don't think anybody, uh, you know, we have a lot of interaction with the UVA fans, and uh, <laughs> they, they're not happy. But us as Virginia Tech fans, not happy. Uh, We lost to West Virginia 33 to 10. Uh, We were in the game at halftime, but second half, it just definitely got away from us. I think we were holding on for dear life at halftime and uh, it didn't work out. Um, Losing that game, I can handle. I can handle the logic of that. Man, to lose it the way we did, looking as sloppy as we did, looking as terrible on the offensive line as we did, and just the penalties, the just major amount of penalties. I mean, it was like we were trying to find new penalties. I think on the first scoring drive for West Virginia in that ball game, there was five penalties against Virginia Tech's defense, and they were all five different penalties. Like it wasn't like multiple <laughs> pass interference,s yeah. it wasn't multiple roughing the passers. It was just like one of each, and it was defensive holding, just everything, illegal hands to the face. It's just we 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 did it all. And that was just the first drive. And then we kept doing it throughout the game on both sides of the ball. So it was crazy. 15 penalties for 132 yards. you are going to win ball games doing that. And so where I've been eager to find progress from the first game when we lose to old dominion, this game was not one where I could find progress. Uh, Our, our offensive line was worse than it's been before. (laughs) And, um, sure it might be a better opponent, but it's just, you know, losing that thing 21, 17, or even 21, 14 or so I, I handle that logic, but 33 to 10, not scoring in the second half and just looking as sloppy as we did is just, just not awesome.
0: Yeah. And I was listening to gosh, into the third quarter, into the fourth court, quor- into the fourth quarter, um, on the radio and I called you at one point cause it was cutting in and out. Um, but I got the I gist of up. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I in the mood.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. Like this offensive line's bad. Our defense played pretty well, did their best, but eventually just got tired from being on the field the whole time because our offense is incapable of moving the ball. And I don't think Wells is good. Um, I don't think our O line is good. <sighs> again, I I don't I don't want to see any of these offensive linemen back at Virginia Tech for any reason after this year. I don't want to see. I, I mean, if they want to walk the stage or whatever and get an education, fine. I just don't want to see him in Lane Stadium. I if they aren't on the team, I don't want them to be able to get student tickets. Like I don't want them to ever, ever be allowed inside of Lane Stadium ever again. Um it, the look, I think the other thing that hurts is when you see how good Hinden Hooker is doing at Tennessee with a hurt shoulder and then you see what we have at quarterback and you're like, yeah, obviously uh that kid couldn't cut it here. Um that was what was wrong. And again, I think for you and me by that point you were on board and we were kind of saying, "Hey, Hinton Hooker's not the problem." And any I'll doubt well, any, I was on board. Man. Any doubt was erased last year when he was killing it at Tennessee. And I, I just, it's incredibly frustrating. When Hooker said he was going to the transfer portal, as much money as it would have cost Virginia Tech, they should have told Hooker, look, you get to pick the coach. We'll bring you into the interviews. You tell us who we're hiring. You stay. Because you're seeing what happens when you wait a year too long. Did you save some money? Yeah. Is your football program an absolute tire fire? You bet. You have no offensive line. You don't have a quarterback. Your running back room, I actually don't think the running backs are necessarily all that bad. I just think they can't, like kind of like a Ryan Barber situation in Waynesboro, they can't run before somebody is in their face tackling them. I mean, heck there's the one play you sent me right before we started recording of a West Virginia pass rusher running in between two guys who I guess were auditioning for bird box too, because it sure didn't look like they were looking or, or using their eyes. And cause they just let this guy run in between both of them. And you're like, cool, you're blocking no one. And, and this guy is running untouched through our offensive line with a three man rush. And that's the other thing. It's a three-man rush that gets to our quarterback because our offensive line is incapable of blocking anyone. I mean, hell, Leland, you and I can sack Grant Wells with our offensive line doing what they're doing. It's just, it's, it's miserable. It's terrible. I don't. Again, I don't want to see those kids inside Lane Stadium. I, frankly, if Brent Price said, you know what, we're having, we're having walk-on auditions. You know, you if you lift weights in the in the gym.
1: You go, McComas, You can come on over here. Yeah. yeah,
0: come on over. Come on out. Can you at least stand in somebody's way for at least two seconds? Like
1: my my son could go audition for
0: that. Gosh, can, you know what? Can <laughs> you stand in their way long enough for them to have to push you down and then you know step over you on the way to the quarterback? Because that's better than what we've got right now. These kids are awful, and I know what you're saying, Joe. They're college kids. Okay, well now there's NIL, and now they're getting paid to be awful. In addition to the scholarship money. One, they should absolutely have to pay for their books. Those kids are not good enough to have anything covered by Virginia Tech Athletics. They should should have to pay 100% their way because they absolutely suck. They suck at D1. They suck at D2. They would suck at D3. They aren't blocking a soul. Grant Wells would be under pressure if we pushed a coffin at him. Because they can't get in the way. I have no more patience for that offensive line. And I frankly, I don't care if the guys behind them are 125 pounds soaking wet. If they would at least get in the way long enough for them to have to be pushed down by the defensive linemen, that's better. And I'd rather see it. And on the defensive side, I look, we're going to lose games anyway. Can we at least do it with guys who aren't going to get a hundred penalties? Because that is frustrating to stop that defense or to stop that offense and, and force the, you know, no points actually on the one fourth down, but we give up a penalty and then it would have been a tough field goal for them. They probably would have had to try again on a fourth down. That
1: we had though too. I, like, I, I, I know you're hard on uh, Dax more than I am, but like, Oh yeah. Right no, now, my problem that with Dax, though is players like
0: players. the sound bites. I'm just over the sound bites. I'm over, you know. Oh yeah. gosh, we're gonna work really hard. We're gonna show people what hokey football is all about. Well, right now, what I'm learning what hokey football is all about is to look like an asshole on the field because that's what hokey football has <laughs> been the last four years.
1: I I'm glad that you're off the because you, like you're on you have your you know in your holster the quarterback's terrible and and you mentioned that and I don't think we're good at quarterback. But I will say, when the quarterback has no time, like I was watching in this ballgame, especially in the first half, like, I'm not really blaming him. And I think he's making enough out of nothing. Now late, he throws an interception when we pretty much already lost the game anyway, and it, it wasn't good. But I, I don't know. The difference I feel about quarterback compared to previous years is we don't have all these closed practices like we used to. We don't have where only our quarterback whispering head coach that needed to get out of town three years earlier is the only one seeing them making these decisions. The media is seeing these quarterbacks, and from April on, it just seemed like everybody was like, "Yeah, Wells is the guy." And like everybody that's seen both of these guys and they've had the opportunity to see both these guys play, they're they're leaning towards that's Wells. Fine. So like I, I think Wells probably is the better choice. Now I'm not going to argue about giving the other guy a chance, and and he's from South Carolina. He's played in tough games. He's won SEC ball games. That means something. And and Wells had won. Conference USA games before now. So I, and it's not working, you know, things aren't working great. and So maybe a different dynamic, maybe he's a half a step quicker or something. Okay. Like maybe that is something that can help when you're running for your life. I was going to say, yeah, I'm not quick to dump on the quarterback now because we've been doing that for so many years. It feels like habit and I don't, that's not a problem. it's the offensive line. And so I'm glad you're hammering them and throwing them in boxes under bridges and, you know, pulling their scholarships and sending them to community college. I love it because they aren't good and um, we got we got to do better than that and we got to have better guys there to do that like this used to be a school that yeah we got we didn't always have the best recruits but we'd make the most out of what we had and I don't feel like we do that anymore so even more so we got to go get better guys and be better we got to be better we got to get better guys and we got to train them better and so then, when you do get the good guys and you can build them up even better so I just we're just a long ways from where I want us to be. Our next four games are at UNC at three 30 at Pitt at three 30 at Miami and versus NC state on a Thursday night. I don't see how we win any of those. Now, if we can play middle Tennessee's level of play, maybe we can pull up a win against no, Miami. We
0: won't give our quarterback. Like, and I'm not sure our quarterback is accurate enough consistently to do what middle Tennessee state did to Miami. Yeah. I would but kill I would kill for Middle Tennessee State's offensive line.
1: And I thought they were terrible when JMU beat them, but they're looking better. But, uh, yeah, I don't see how we win the next four, and then we have four games at the end of the season that, like, where are we at mentally at that time to win four in a row at the end of the season that we need to to make a bowl game. So, it's it's we're not the team I hope wish we were, but it's prize first year. He's got to keep it going. So, uh, just grit my teeth and live through these games. Um, um, what?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. nothing else. I'll just I think a your
1: rant bit. said it all. Yeah, it <laughs> UVA, they played Syracuse on Friday night. They spotted the first half to the orange and, uh, then they came back and made a game of it, but they lose to Syracuse and, uh, they haven't looked good at quarterback and we've got evil. I mean, us Virginia tech fans have given Brennan Armstrong a lot of credit and he, he hasn't been good this year. I think a lot around him hasn't helped him, but he hasn't looked good this year with the new offense. Um, obviously the new coaches throughout. So uh, they lose and uh, that kind of, I guess got UVA fans off my back for the weekend. Um, but yeah, uh, that's disappointing for them.
0: I was surprised it was this close. I kind of thought Syracuse would take care of them. So honestly, they were early. Yeah, but UVA came back, made it a game.
1: Yep.
0: Um, yep. which is more That's cuz those game. UVA,
1: those UVA offensive coordinating coaches that went up to Syracuse, they don't know how to put games away. We saw that last year with UVA. They didn't know how to put games away. That's fair.
0: Um, but Yeah, I I think the bad news for UVA is they're going to Duke, who has looked pretty good this season. Um, now it's the ACC, so who knows. But um I would, I would like UVA's next four games compared to our next four games, but
1: <laughs> surely I, they get Georgia tech too. And Georgia tech just fired their coach today.
0: Yeah. I just hate, I hate everything.
1: We don't get Georgia tech till the end. We got like Georgia tech and Liberty and UVA and Duke all right at the end. Not God, in that order, but maybe we
0: win one of those games. <laughs>
1: Oh, we're going to be at a spot where we have to win all four to make a bowl game. And it ain't going to happen. Um, so let's talk about the best team in Virginia at the FBS yep, level. But
0: but no kidding.
1: I mean, it's not like a couple weeks ago when we lost to ODU, someone was like, JMU is the best team in the state. And then they're naming all the teams. They have Bridgewater in front of Tech. And I was like, well, we can't say anything. But legitimately, JMU is better than Virginia Tech and UVA. I'm not even like. Yep that up, They are better. And, and again,
0: again, let me say this one more time, because I know the Fuente apologists and the Fuente supporters till he got fired want to just skate on through. This is why you're wrong and you saying never say anything bad about the program, stick together. You're not a real hokey if you don't just love everything about Virginia Tech. Stop saying bad things about Fuente. This is why you're an idiot. Because now you're at best the second Pretend best team in Virginia too. at best. You're the second best team in Virginia. That's at best. You might be the fourth best team in Virginia because you're an idiot and you supported this moron. Next <laughs> well, time JMU, you lose to ODU, you fire the guy.
1: JMU is the best team in the state. I was pretty quick to say, slow down Dukes fans. You haven't beat anybody yet. You got to go play your first conference game. Yeah, it's on the road. Yeah, it's Happy State. I don't care what Happy State does the weeks before you get to them. It's Happy State. Mm -hmm. Then they did do what they did before them, and uh, they they were riding high. Dukes go in there, get down early, but then they come back and win, and that shows a lot out of this team that could have easily had a lot of guys in that sideline saying, hey – Yeah, I mean, what do you expect out of us? This is, you know, we're just coming up to FBS and blah, blah, blah. No, they kept fighting. They're special at quarterback. The uh, Centeo guy is awesome. Um, It's it's fun. It's fun for JMU to be this good this early. They're not eligible for postseason stuff that everybody keeps trying to shove them into because of the rules, the law because of the rules. Uh, But they're having a great start of their season. I, I'll continue to caution JMU fans that you play a lot of tough games now. You don't yes, just you do. play one. You don't play one CAA hard game. You don't have that one game against Villanova. You don't have that one game against Richmond. You know, which every year one of those teams is good, and then you coast the rest of the way. You're going to have hard games week after week after week, and you're going on the road to Arkansas in a week. This week you have Texas State. Arkansas, at home, State. Arkansas State. Arkansas State. But you still have Marshall to play. You still have Old Dominion that seems to play teams from Virginia pretty well. Coastal. You still have – um, I said Marshall, right? Uh, Coastal. Coastal Carolina. You have teams that have been playing at that level for a while now and know what it takes, and its it, they're not going to roll over. And so watch out for that. Enjoy this now. You're probably going to get some more good pub out of it. Maybe you can win more games. I, I'm not counting them out for anything. I think if you can go to Appy State with the confidence that they had coming into this game and beat them, you're capable of beating everybody. Yes. But when It's another thing.
0: I agree. Um I was listening to a college football podcast. I I listened to two different podcasts that brought up JMU. Um, one was Dan Lebetard and one was uh, because they lost to Middle Tennessee State. And so they Does were talking know about
1: town JMU is in. I
0: don't know if they know that, but they know JMU. <laughs> they know JMU embarrassed Middle Tennessee State. And then they lost to Middle Tennessee State. So, yeah. Um, and then the... Other it was, one was the other one that. was a college football only podcast, and they kind of brought up JMU coming back and beating Appalachian State. And then they said um it would be a shame if JMU now they're not saying JMU is going to. But they said if JMU were to run the table, it would be a shame if the NCAA didn't waive the postseason ban. Um, I don't know how
1: you do it at this point. I don't know how you do it in December
0: if they're undefeated, I think you just say, you know what? Sorry. We're going to let them in. I think that's how you would do it.
1: So it was nice. Change the rules the last minute. I wish they just address it now. Just, just address it now. So it's not 11 but, an hour. And but,
0: it looks that eating. being said, that being said, let's talk about what is right now. Um, Cause I watched this game. um, And early in the game, Jamie, you went up, they were holding their own. And then app state kind of just exploded in the, in the second quarter. And I was like, well, wow, oh, yeah. this is what happens when you're in the FBS and you're not playing one FBS opponent. You're playing teams every single week. And this is the difference in talent. And as much as I do not like Kurt Signetti for a myriad of reasons off the field, um, I, I have He's to give it some to him
1: on the field too, though, for you. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Including in the fourth quarter where I thought he may have cost JMU the game. Um, yeah, but yeah. he ends up, it ends up working out. Uh, and he made some great adjustments to get JMU back in this game and they absolutely shut Appalachian state down the rest of the game uh, and didn't allow them to score at all in the second half and got some well-timed turnovers uh, this this team fought hard for four quarters, and that's what you want. And, they were
1: aggressive for yes. four quarters. They just changed their aggression. Yes. Was, was, Texas was State right. is
0: not necessarily a team that would worry me. Um, no. Arkansas State, not necessarily either. But, again, I, I think –
1: Going there at night.
0: Yeah, going there at night, and it's going to be on national TV, and you know it's going to be on national TV. Like, that has – just the way this college football season has played out, is the recipe for a disappointing performance. Um, yep. So I I think while I agree with what you said, after the Appalachian state, you know, you start looking at the rest of the schedule and you're like, and I, I, I thought Appalachian, I still do think Appalachian state is the best team in the Sun Belt. So I, it's not a, I'm not going to count them out of any game, but I also would be surprised if JMU goes undefeated. I just would. Yeah, That's hard.
1: It's hard. I, I mean, will I, say I, my
0: expectations I, I, are recalibrated a little bit. It goes from. Sure. Find six wins on your schedule to probably going to find eight or nine.
1: Yeah. You're bitching about not being invited to a bowl game because of ineligibility. Yep. Um, I mean, I've seen Virginia tech do, I mean, I'm not trying to put this on JMU, Virginia tech beats Miami and then goes and lays eggs up at Pittsburgh. Like right. I've seen this. I've, I've been at these events live. Like it happens in a good football conference. ACC is easier now but back then, it was
0: yeah unfortunately Jamie doesn't play in the ACC. they're gonna have to play in the Sun Belt, so they're gonna have a hell that was a
1: big East reference I think I just made too. So.
0: Yeah uh, the Big East was great. Those big Easts were better than the
1: ACC is today. Probably um well, Jamie's fun. I'm glad I'll have something positive in the house to cheer for uh, supporting my wife with her Jamie fandom uh, I definitely. Like, when they're down 28-3, to three, it's like, well, you guys this and you guys that. And then as soon as they got up, I was like, hey, we're, we're winning. It's good. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was All happy right. they other, pulled
1: it out. Yeah. Other big games around. Uh, Clemson, they beat Wake Forest. I think they showed most of that game. I heard uh, we were watching Aaron Judge bat most oh of that game. Oh, my God.
0: Let mm. me just say this. If I want to watch Aaron Judge bat, I'll go find the game on MLB Network or whatever.
1: Right. Let's come back to that. But I just, I wanted to make that joke here. We'll come back to Aaron judge, Uh, but Clemson pulls it out. Wake, you know, played their little hearts out. They did. Gosh,
0: I, I wanted wake to win so bad at that point. Like once it got to be the fourth quarter, I was like, you know what? Wake forest, go do this thing. Like, come on, Sam Hartman. And he did his best. There were some throws. He just threw up. And I'm telling you number 20 on Clemson. They picked on him the entire second half every time Sam Hartman dropped back to pass, it was throwing a deep ball. I was like, the ball's not even there. I already know who he's throwing at. Like, cause he was either getting a pass interference penalty or giving up a big catch. And it was just like clockwork. So of course, who else knocks down the final pass of the game? Number 20. In the on fourth down, and I was You're... like, I was like, well, ah, damn it. But, um, yeah, I just, I was really hoping Wake Forest was going to find a way to win this game. But, Clemson prevailed. I I do think Wake Forest is good. Um I just don't, they're think, solid. Yeah, I just don't think they're good enough to be Clemson, obviously. And they're who close. knows? I mean, they don't have this year is the first year they don't have the divisions, right? Or is this the last year of the division?
1: Actually, this is the last year. Of the, oh. this, the last year of coastal chaos.
0: Damn it. Well, they should not have the divisions this year. <laughs> because there is yeah, no one like, in the coastal that is deserving of playing Clemson yeah. or NC State. Sure.
1: Really isn't. Um, speaking of one of those teams on the coastals, not not good enough to do that. You, Notre Dame and UNC played. UNC, you know Notre Dame is struggling to beat anybody. You could play UNC. Everything feels better if you're at least half decent. It won't for us this but Notre Dame went in there. They found a nice win. You all right? Yeah, I'm choking on my words. I guess I don't know.
0: Okay, you're emotional Notre talking Dame, about it, but they um, win. They do pick up <laughs> they do. Um Honestly, the North Carolina game that Virginia Tech has, if that offense doesn't I know we just said I we don't feel confident that we can beat North Carolina. If our offense doesn't put up 28 points, you cut all the scholarships to every single person on offense.
1: <laughs> That's how you so don't want to know
0: you wanna know how we pay off the Fuente buyout? That's how. We just take scholarships. We're just like, you know what? F you you're the only team that can't score. 28 points on North Carolina's Sorry, defense. Get out.
1: <laughs> and where's your mom work? We're going to get her fired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're going
0: to start making complaints.
1: <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Florida, Tennessee. I I watched that game uh, very much. Uh, it was up against the JMU Appy State game, but my eyes were on it. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid uh, along with the JMU game. And uh, I was happy. I wanted Tennessee to win because... I don't know. I wanted Tennessee to win. I don't have any problem. With I Tennessee like right hooker. like Hinden hooker. Yeah. We like Hinden hooker. Everybody's rooting for Hinden hooker. I don't, I don't love everything Tennessee, but I like him hooker this year. I want them to kind of upset the apple cart in the sec. I, you know, I don't know what I currently have wrong with Florida. I thought it was bizarre. Napier is like ready to fight the uh, referees during that game during a review. I don't, I don't know what that was all about. I was very concerned about that, but You know, go Hendon Hooker, go keep tearing it up, go win the Heisman, it'll be
0: awesome. Well, Billy Napier also should fight himself because Billy Napier's the reason that that game didn't go into overtime.
1: Yeah. Billy Napier apparently went
0: brain dead when they scored a touchdown because he tries to go for two in an 11-point game rather than kick the extra point. If he kicks the extra point, it's a 10-point game. It's a two-score game. If he goes for two two and gets it, it's a nine-point game, which is still a two-score game. Yes. and helps you in absolutely no way compared Your to a 10-point game.
1: reward is zero.
0: So what do they do? They score a touchdown. They go for two. They don't get it. Now they're down 11. Florida gets the ball. They score another touchdown. But now they have to go for two again to make it a three-point game. Guess what? They don't get it. So now it's a five-point game. If you add those two extra points, guess what Guess what that means? Three points. And when they get the onside kick, instead of having to score a touchdown, they could have kicked a field goal and maybe gotten the game into overtime. So and they really, get into range the referee should have punched Billy Napier when he did when that at the end of the game, just for that. But, um, yeah, like you, I was rooting for Tennessee. So I was happy that Tennessee ended up pulling it out. I was also happy that Florida got within 10 and a half, but, um, I just, yeah, I was, I was playing Rocky top as the game ended. I was happy. I was turning up the volume on the TV to hear it too. Um,
1: JMU's won. JMU just won. JMU won. won. Yeah, that was good. Rocky Top
0: won. It was great. Um, wish Wake could have won, but that's okay. Um, Wazoo gets a late garbage touchdown. That was fun. Um, the for, AM game was fun. The we AM game that. was yeah. fun. God, I feel awful for that kid from Arkansas. Just right on top of the. Cro- if right it just on top goes over of the top upright. of that
1: thing, they're gonna put their arms up. Yeah. If it just goes over top of it. They'll put their arms up. There's
0: yeah, I loved that. They're like, Well, even if it had gone over, it wouldn't have been good. And I was like, Yeah, tell that to the official. Like, he wouldn't have known. Yeah, well, yeah. Every time <laughs> the official that, would have been like looks good to me, baby. <laughs> like, he yeah. wouldn't have known. But yeah, because it lands right on top and then comes out, it's not good. And um, gosh, I felt so bad for that kid. But the Aggies survive. And um yeah, I, I just man, what a fun, fun college football season it has been.
1: Every Saturday's been awesome.
0: For the most part, yep.
1: I mean I've I've optimized most weekends and it's been awesome. One of these weekends I won't be able to optimize on a Saturday. It's that's probably gonna be the best Saturday yet, and I'll miss it. Stephen F. Austin scored ninety eight points. This is an FCS team. Do you they know Do not, you know what I've happened? Heard that.
0: On that 98 points? You know why they have 27? They didn't,
1: go, they didn't go for two at the end to make it 100. Yeah, they took a knee. Yep.
0: That's lame. And they- <laughs> go for two. Score 100. If you're going to put
1: 98. Yeah. If you're 98 put, I don't know. Yeah, if
0: yeah. you're willing to hang 98, hang a hundo.
1: Yeah. Once you're past 70, like, class is past <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm with you. But it was FCS. Rude.
1: This is Warner. I don't know if this is just Kevin Warner and his family out there playing, but it's
0: whew, an NAIA school. It was bad. Oh, uh,
1: there was like fumble, like two different fumble returns, a punt return. It was. It was a lot. That's of the worse. other
0: thing. This is a this is an FCS team playing an NAIA school. If you want <sighs> class that? and sportsmanship, don't schedule an NAIA school.
1: Yeah. I I put this on here mainly for the reason of one time I was in college and I had a roommate who was a UVA fan and we just go back and forth all the time. And, and, uh, we weren't, you know, obviously he wasn't going to UVA. So I just, I valued his UVA fandom zero. And so he's sleeping at 10 in the morning because I've already been to class and come back and I'm playing PlayStation. He's, you know, not getting up for the day. That was a normal thing for him. So I'm playing PlayStation and, uh, I play UVA in my season and I beat them like 104 to nothing. And I was just like, and it was like on all American, it wasn't even on Heisman, but it was like an all American, but still I woke his ass up just so he could see the screen that I had beat his team, 104 to nothing. That's what I, like, when I saw the score pop up, I was like, who, why are we looking at PlayStation scores on here? Like that's not the only way I thought you could do this. with 198 points, but uh, I still proud of that waking him up. That was good. He needed to wake up.
0: Go for two two classes. Go for two. All
1: right. Looking forward. A lot of good ones this week. I'll be in front of the TV again. Uh, Kentucky at Ole Miss. Who you got? (sighs) Ole Miss. I'm just looking for quickies here. Ole Miss. Okay. I'll take Kentucky. Uh, So that's noon on ESPN. Alabama at Arkansas. 3.30 CBS. I want to say Arkansas, but it's yeah, going to be Alabama. Alabama. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 16, Baylor at 330 on Fox.
0: That's going to be a good game. I like Oklahoma State.
1: Darn it. I thought you'd take Baylor there.
0: <sighs> thought about it.
1: <sighs> number 22, Wake Forest coming off their loss to Clemson at Florida State, 330 ABC. Who you got? What a great weekend. Uh, yeah.
0: Because it's at Florida State, I'm going to take the Noles.
1: Oh, come on. I have the Knolls because I talk about preseasons junk. And then the big one, 7 p.m. ABC, game day's there. Kirk and the game's going to be there. Number 10, NC State at number five, Clemson.
0: You know what? This is where I'll let yeah. my heart win.
1: Yeah, I'm taking that too. Wolves
0: no. up. Yeah. Let's go. I'm I'm come on, Wolfpack.
1: State. I got Full I got robbed
0: state. I got robbed by Wake Forest those nerds come on that's your rival NC State prove you're better than Wake Forest go out and beat Clemson make Dabo that game. put a little line put one of those like thin lines that are hard to see and just run it right across the middle of that hill so when Dabo comes sprinting down the hill he just trips and rolls down the hill <laughs> set it's the tone so early <laughs>
1: So irritating. All right. Oh, right. They're uh, going to show it. NFL. I had the witching hour on, but I wasn't watching every minute. What, what highlights of Sunday NFL action do you, do you have to talk about?
0: None because I was busy Sunday. I didn't get to watch All the right. witching hour.
1: I wish the Lions would have won. They, they should have. Yeah. The commanders are terrible. I don't know other points to make. Steelers lost on Thursday to the Browns. Ravens. What won. Did you Ravens do? They won. Dolphins won. That was a crazy – that was a good game, too. I, I, we the knew butt pine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, the biggest news, though, out of the NFL that I thought we could talk about, it wasn't something we had to watch on Sunday, and it's something we would at least have a little more interest in watching on a Sunday. NFL is re- replacing the Pro Bowl with a multi-day skills competition and flag football game that will be played in Las Vegas the Sunday before the Super Bowl. That so is
0: that is the smartest thing the NFL has done in years.
1: It is. It is. I have been. Apparently, they had some contractual stuff to get through to get to this point. They still cut something short, uh, but they had that's what they've been working on. And apparently, it's been like four years in the making.
0: So. Yeah, the Players Association was really demanding the Pro Bowl.
1: I don't think it was players. I think it was media right stuff. So, I think they had to come up with the right. I think they had a different package like two years ago that they thought they were going to get through. And then the network's because that it, it it hasn't always been on ESPN this last stretch and there was like a collective agreement and you had to get everybody on board but uh well, I'm they glad they did it. it they got it now they,
0: I'm glad they, they did it I they've been, trying.
1: they've been trying is what I was was reading today
0: I think the skills competition is a much better idea it's going to be so much more fun the flag football game is fine um uh
1: and you're going to have like, all your DBs and DBs and quarterback, DBs, wide receivers and quarterback. You're not going to have your linemen in that. So yeah. you'll have like probably some But you can plenty. have
0: drills. Like that can be part of the skills competition yeah. or something. It's like the blocking sled competition where your linemen go the out there. lift and
1: stuff. Yeah, and, go
0: nuts. Um,
1: someone was saying they wanted a hot dog eating competition. I doubt they'd do that, but that was a funny thought.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, they did say some would be – nfl skills related and some would not be
1: nfl skills related so yeah, i am I kind of curious funny things I,
0: well i imagine they've been doing that dodgeball i imagine that's still going to be part of it um you know what
1: this is where i might want to see a dunk contest because that's i think this is where you'd have people being creative and taking chances and trying to be like, funny yeah i don't know this might be an entertaining dunk contest
0: at least a game of horse or something <laughs> yeah i i'd be interested whatever i like this this is new i like this i wish mlb would go to this in addition to the home run derby, well, one we fix the home run derby and not make it stupid. Two, we we do more skills competitions. Radar gun.
1: I want the I want like the bucket.
0: Yes, like, outfielders Outfield.
1: thrown into the bucket at home and yep. stuff, and like make the bucket smaller. Yeah, do like horse horse with throwing. Like, yep, oof, home
0: so home to home around the bases, like just. I want to see, I'm it. not
1: against those additional things. I have no problem with the baseball. game. I'm not really pushing to get rid of that, but, uh, additional contest. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the baseball, we are closing in on the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit about the closing up of the season. First the Orioles, they're still going to be alive going into the last week of the season. That's still another week away, or, you know, I guess we're a week and a half left of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll still be alive at the end of this week, but it, they'll be right on the edge. We'll lose. They'll be the last American League team to fall out of it as they'll lose. White Sox and Twins will be eliminated in a couple days because um, they're four back from Seattle in the wild card. Seattle has the Rangers, A's, and Tigers in their next games, the next 10 games. Uh, not exactly Murderers Row. No, the that's, in fact, that's the,
0: the three teams I would pick to play like we've got Boston, yeah. which is helpful, but then it's Toronto and the Yankees.
1: Yeah. And so that best, the Orioles might find them spot in themselves in a spot where they have to sweep the blue Jays kind of at, at best case scenario ain't going to happen. So um, that's a shame, but they're just teeing themselves up for next year and that's fine. So we should be looking at uh, it's locked. I guess Houston and Yankees are locked in Cleveland's locked into that three spot uh, Toronto at the four and then uh, Tampa Bay at the five, and Seattle at the six, the way it stands now. Over in the NL, Milwaukee will be that last team standing that doesn't make it. The Giants will be el- eliminated this week. Um, so over there we have the Phillies at the sixth spot, the Padres at the five. It does look like they're going to get in now. Uh know a couple weeks ago we were down on that. Um, St. Louis is going to win that division. The Braves are going to win that division, or not win that division. The Braves are uh, a wild card, the, the highest wild card. Then you got the Mets and the Dodgers. So a lot of what we predicted uh over there, I don't think we had either of us had the Mets that high, but I think we were been talking about them for a long time. So um I, I'll tell you uh, what, looking at these playoffs, I'm gonna be rooting for Seattle pretty hard. Okay. And in all honesty, I'm gonna be really honest here. Dan, the Nebraska fan that just can't seem to catch a break. He can't even get – He he's bought a truck that he made for a year ago, and he, he can't a still get it. He's a Mets fan, too. He's a Mets fan, so I'm going to cheer for him on the National League. I'm going to cheer for Dan. I'm not cheering for the Mets. I'm cheering for Dan on the, the National League. I wouldn't League. put
0: I'm it cheering, past Dan's Mets to not win this division somehow still. Say that one more time. I said I wouldn't put it past Dan's Mets to not win the division. They're only a game up.
1: Yeah. I'm going to be rooting for the Mets. I don't. I don't care where they're sitting. And then, yeah, Seattle's my – American League team. I actually have a Seattle paraphernalia in the house that I can throw on, so that'll be good. It all has Griffey's name on it, but I can do it.
0: That's fine. It's whatever. <laughs> um, that's the last time they're in the playoffs anyway. Um, no. He wasn't on the Mariners and in... He
1: wasn't on that one team with Ichiro and them. <sighs> that was that Was after he left for Cincinnati. That's disappointing.
0: Yep. Um. Uh, in the AL... I would say there are.
1: And we'll do predictions. uh, I don't know when we'll do predictions. We'll catch predictions midway through the playoffs, I guess, uh, because of the way it falls. Um, Well, we can do it next
0: week. Yeah, we can do it next week. Um,
1: It won't be formal.
0: Whatever. It will. We'll know who's (laughs) in it by then because the Mariners will be in. Um, So we'll know the AL teams at least. But I, I do think. In the AL, it's a little more wide open. You could see, you could see the Blue Jays. Maybe I'd say the Rays, but they're not playing great as of late. The Yankees are starting to heat up a little bit, but I don't think they're going to have the pitching in the playoffs. Your your Mariners have a possibility because their pitching is so strong, but it really gets hard oh, and to this see rooting
1: interest. This isn't who yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is going to win
0: with with the <laughs> Orioles not being in the playoffs. It gets hard to see who can beat Houston because that's apparently the only team Houston can't beat. Um, <laughs> So, and then on the NL side, I mean, root for whoever you want.
1: I, man, the Dodgers look good. Yep. They got it all. All right. So now to something that most media outlets are not talking enough about, but we're going to spend a minute on here.
0: Riff Favre. Oh, okay. We're not going to talk about Aaron judge cut-ins,
1: Oh, I meant to, I skipped around, I skipped around. We're going to, Yeah, go I don't know why you guess. did that. Then, okay. we'll, then just everybody out there, stew on Brett. Favre. You don't know what I'm talking about, Brett. Farb. That's part of the problem. Aaron judge though. They cut in to show every at bat for him to hit number 62. I agree, man. You said it already. If I want to see it, I'm going to see it. I'll find a way. Major League Baseball Network should be cutting into their yeah. programming to show is that's what that network is well, for. Well, MLB Church Network York.
0: didn't cut in because they had that game on. So if I wanted to watch it, I'd be watching. I, I don't want to watch it. I wanted to watch Clemson and Wake Forest, which was a very good game going down the yes. wire. I didn't want Michael Kay and a New York Yankee cut in and the Yes Network. I just, I don't care. I Dumb. So stupid. I hated every second of it. Because I missed two touchdowns to watch Aaron Judge not hit a home run because he sucks. He couldn't even hit a home run at that, that baby ballpark. I, all this talk about he's going to win the Triple Crown. He should Obviously, he's the MVP. Oh, is he obviously MVP? Is he going out there pitching gyms too? No, that's Shohei Otani, someone who's doing something that hasn't been done in 100 years. Okay, maybe Shohei Otani is the MVP how tiny is doing an actual major league ballpark, by the way, not something that would make little leaguers green with envy if they could play in. I would. Right field fence is two hundred feet. Please, Babe Ruth could still hit a home run at Yankee Stadium today. A tiny park, eight-year-olds could hit a home run at Yankee Stadium. That's not an accomplishment.
1: I would. I would. Stephen, you know what? Asterisk.
0: Asterisk for Aaron Judge. Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, they were all to use as steroids, so whatever. But Aaron Judge gets an asterisk because he's playing at a two hundred foot park.
1: What uh, so a baby. I would vote. I would vote for Shohei Otani. Yes. At this point, I, I think Judge is winning. I think enough attention I think has been Aaron on Judge is gonna win, but he should. Yep. And the fact that he got to where he got as close to the triple crown, if not, you know, what see what happens. But I, I don't think he's gonna get it. But I think he's going to, I think he's going to win the award. And so that's crazy. I mean, and it's just two guys having very memorable years up against each other. And that's tough. I recognize the significance of 62. I think there's people out there that are like, well, it's not 73. It's not the record who cares. I I recognize it. I think it's a meaningful number to pass. I think I, I get it. I, I hate that it's a Yankee doing it. I <laughs> and all that, but like, I recognize the significance. And so I'm not just poo-pooing it for that sake because it's not 73. I think with all that is surrounding 73 and any of those guys that went above 62 in that era, I I get that. And I, you know, I'm paying attention. I like, I think it was in July when I was like, wow, this guy's going to hit 62. Like I think, or I said 60 at the time, just, you know, saying he's going to hit 60, he's going to hit 60. Like I was shocked that we we're actually going to see that from a guy that's presumably clean. Like, it's amazing.
0: Well, but again, I, I'll ask you. It,
1: if I want to see it, I'll go. I'll go yeah. to find it. I don't need to see it on ABC while I'm watching college football.
0: I'll ask you. I mean, yes, I know Maguire, Sosa, Bonds, all shrouded in the steroids cloud. But is that any does that cheapen those numbers any more than playing at a tiny ballpark for half your games? No, I don't
1: scream and yell about the tiny ballpark. I it, it's the ballpark. It's the ballpark, whatever. Every, all of them are different sizes. There's a lot of short porches and left in this league too. Um, not in Baltimore, not money. They they back it up. Um, the receding home. I think this is special. I think this is a big deal. I don't, I am not pooing it like, like you are. I think you're quicker to do that. I, I, to me, uh,
0: to me, it does not matter. I don't care about 62. I don't care that it's the AL home run record. I think that's a stupid thing to have. I think you have MLB records at this point. The leagues have been merged. I think it's dumb to have AL and
1: records. With the very clear assumption that Aaron Judge is clean, I I think he's have to have been tested, and I I just, like, I have no real reason to...
0: Would MLB want to do something that would hurt this? I don't think they would. I don't trust Major League Baseball. One of their
1: biggest stars in the game is in San Diego. I don't trust Major League Baseball. They covered up
0: that letter forever.
1: I don't trust Major League Baseball it's a lot different baseball than, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You're just, I still think this is special. I do. So. If
0: he was good, he would hit 70.
1: If he was good, he'd hit 70. Um, it does remind me though, that like you completely dismiss Babe Ruth just cause like he couldn't hit 61 today or 60 or whatever it was today mm-hmm. and that's accurate he couldn't could maris hit 61 today no like like i i take yeah babe ruth's hitting against plumbers so was everybody else and he was so far ahead of everybody like i think there's value in being the best of your time no. and i think it's wrong to just completely and this is shifting our conversation to the babe ruth argument like i i I think it's wrong to just completely trash on Babe Ruth all the time. Yeah, he wouldn't be good today. There's a lot of football players that were good in 1920 that wouldn't be good today in today's game with sure. defensive ends. That here's here's my good. counterpoint
0: like, though, Leland. I,
1: I think there's still I still think it's impressive for Babe Ruth to be as good as he was. Yeah, he was Jeez. a drunk and he was still smashing home runs. And when you look at that little chart, those like awesome little Twitter uh visual things, and it has like The home run marks change everybody. He got so far ahead of everybody and was there for a long time. And when the game was getting harder and better and there was less plumbers in the game, people still weren't hitting as many home runs as him. I I think I I take – I don't want to not romanticize Babe Ruth. Like, I think it's awesome that, like, he existed and he was the best of his time and carried that mantle for a long time past his time. And I, I don't know. I just, I think it's wrong to like talk as much crap on Babe Ruth as you do.
0: Here's the problem. It's not that people say Babe Ruth was the greatest player of his time. That is 100% right. Can't argue that. The numbers speak for themselves. My problem is when baseball in particular romanticizes the past so much that they're like, Babe Ruth is the greatest player ever of all time. No, he's not. No one ever that's a fan of football looks back at the 1920s and says oh Johnny Unitas is the greatest quarterback to ever live no he wasn't because you would be stupid to say that just like when you say Babe Ruth is the greatest player ever in the history of baseball you're a stupid person you're a (laughs) dumb person for thinking it
1: I just think it's like the but you don't Neither That's my problem. That's my well. argument. I think my one argument one has, has never baseball.
0: been Babe Ruth wasn't dominant for his time. He absolutely was. My problem is that baseball that baseball,
1: baseball people
0: more so than other sports hold on to the past in a ridiculous way. Ty Cobb's the greatest hitter of all time. Ty Cobb would be the strikeout king today.
1: So, taking your point That's why I even more like what Aaron judge is doing right now because it's now and it's the hardest this game has ever been. And he's hitting 62 and he's hitting a number that stood a long freaking time and people had to cheat to beat it. And he's doing it presumably not cheating. And I'm impressed with that. And that's why I think it's a big deal. And that's why I wanted to argue about Babe Ruth here. Cause I knew you'd set me up to make this Aaron judge thing right the same way you're arguing right i guess now, i don't think he's doing it clean he is good now he i don't think he's doing awesome it clean now he is hitting 62 home runs now
0: yeah i don't think he's doing it clean i guess, I guess what's that's he taking point. then uh, it's, a it guy, it's a guy it's a guy that Zach was riddled with injuries
1: just taking what
0: i don't know but it's a guy that was riddled with injuries his entire minor league playing career and then he gets to the yankees and all of a sudden he's not hurt anymore
1: and both and Major League's trying to protect him. The biggest, one of the biggest stars in the game, sitting in San Diego, just got suspended for taking substances. So what, like, what, what's Major League doing? Yeah, but he's not him, a New York. Not he's
0: not a New York Yankee. If he was a New York Yankee, I don't think he would have gotten suspended. I guess is my point. I don't think they would
1: have tested him. I just like I hate to just take this. is The same thing you do with cheater. You take your hatred of the Yankees and like ruin something that is actually happening, like actually real life. And you're taking, you're, you make up a scenario. That's not true. A, a, a third dimension of reality of like what could be happening. And it's not like Jeter was a very good shortstop. He's one of the five best hitters of all time. And you tell, and you, you're like, he's terrible. And now Aaron judge is doing this. And you're like, I don't, you know, he's, it's, might as well, well let's talk about the other one. I don't, I don't, don't think did. Albert Pujols is doing it fence. clean. He didn't put the fence out there. He's hitting a home run here. He's hitting a home run. And there's other parks that have short porches, but we talk about it because of this. And the, the short porch has been there for how long? A rod was playing in that park. Did he hit 62 home runs? And he was cheating on steroids. So, like, what? This guy has no nothing on his record of showing steroids. No reason for us to doubt him. And still, here you are. Just because. Well, let's hate, talk hey, about hey. the other one. I don't, I don't think clean. Albert Pujols is doing good. it clean
0: either. I think he's. Is this fun I think he's so juicing. Like hate baseball. <laughs> I think Albert Pujols is juicing too. I don't believe that 700's clean.
1: It's I, crazy that he's doing it. There's no way there a guy goes from what he was, was doing like he in that like first like a half. After he hit it, it was weird how he was running. Why was he running? So, well, probably because now?
0: he's so jacked up on steroids. He can't, doesn't have full <laughs> functionality of his arms, but.
1: So why? So then that's what, that's how baseball's ruined you. I don't know. You know why you like this sport anymore? That when the good things happen, all you can do is just, all you can do. Is my problem with our pool holes
0: is what he was in the first half of the year to all of a sudden, just really getting close when he hits a couple out, and they're like, oh, man, can you get to 700? All of a sudden, the home runs just start flying out of the park. And I'm like, mm, something's not right here.
1: It, it just can't be fun to live your life. Couldn't be you. I couldn't do that.
0: Okay, well, when Aaron Judge <laughs> – if Aaron Judge leaves the Yankees in free agency, which is a real possibility because he's going go to he go to
1: – I hope he goes to San Francisco. I hope he does.
0: He's going to go to whoever pays him the most money. And then he's he's no longer under the Yankees' shroud of protection from Major League Baseball and starts getting drug tested. If he pops, I guess we'll see. I guess we will. I guess I will demand a full apology on this podcast. And I'll tell you that that 3D realm that you keep talking about, it's not so 3D. Life is 3D. So I guess it is, but...
1: Well, in this three year world, Jeter plays for the Royals. So I'm I'm interested in this world. It'd be it'd be interesting.
0: But you you said Aaron Judge shouldn't win MVP, but he's going to, right?
1: I would vote for Shohei Toddy because he's he's winning, uh, he's he's pitching. Shohei is pitching, and he's an awesome hitter. Like he's he's more valuable. Most but that plays valuable. into my Derek I, Jeter's well,
0: overrated because he was a Yankee. Aaron Judge is gonna win this award because he's doing what he's doing, and he's a Yankee. If he because was a Seattle Mariner, crown,
1: he's approaching the triple crown. If he was a Seattle
0: Mariner. It. He wouldn't be winning the MVP. They'd give it to the guy he's who's hit the hitting crown, and pitching.
1: Miguel, Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown, the best hitter of all time, according to Joe Deck. Hit a triple. Yeah, but crown, there wasn't somebody it. hitting
0: and pitching. The, Joey Otani is doing something that hasn't been done in a hundred years.
1: Okay. Period. I, said I would So hey, I'm just saying he's not. Gonna I've seen triple
0: crown winners in the last hundred years. I haven't seen somebody hit and pitch. And do what Aaron, Shohei Ohtani doing. Give it to Shohei yeah, Ohtani.
1: sixty-two clean and hit a. That's historic.
0: Crown. What Shohei Ohtani is doing is historic. What Aaron Judge is doing, I've seen before. I've seen it multiple times in my lifetime.
1: If clean, no, you haven't.
0: I have. I don't so think, you think well, one. I don't. Think he's doing Hall it clean. So why but.
1: are these bastards in the Hall of Fame?
0: That's a question to ask the MLB writers of America. So you're
1: putting him in. I'm not gonna allow you to say anything different now.
0: Well, I mean I wouldn't, but they're gonna put Aaron Judge in, so they've <laughs> already put Aaron Big Judge Poppy in. Wrong? You know what they have? They Aaron put Judge Big Poppy wrong? in. They put Big Poppy and they already put one in, so they might as well, well put why him in.
1: Aaron Judge wrong?
0: I think Aaron Judge's test he's gonna pop eventually. Um but yeah, they put Big Poppy in, so I I I'm with you. At this point you should put Clemens and, and Bonds and McGuire in.
1: Let's talk about someone that is definitely doing something wrong. Brett Favre.
0: Okay. You want to talk about Brett Favre now?
1: I do want to talk about Brett Favre now. Okay. So we've yelled enough because we're going to agree on this. Brett Favre, any hate anybody's getting in the media now or anytime recently, Brett Favre should be catching some of that. I don't know if the media is kind of waiting for like the the government official to get the first line of hate and get more facts out there. I, I don't know what we're waiting on, but he should be getting absolutely roasted torn down everything. He has, and I'm going to go through what he's, you know, the loose version of what he's done so that, because I don't think people know, because they're not talking about it on Good Morning America. They're just alluding to it on some programs. He and the governor of Mississippi colluded to get welfare money that should have gone to people that need that money, reassigned it to the University of Southern Mississippi University, however it's phrased, so they could build a volleyball facility there that Brett Favre's daughter was just so happening to start playing volleyball there. He actually has text messages that have now been made public where he acknowledges how terrible this is, and he's making sure that the media would never find out of his involvement in something like this.
0: There's also messages of him trying to get even more
1: money for the uh, football facilities. There you go. So black and white, this is wrong from a guy. Not only can he afford to make an impact like this or his influence and get others to, to impact these facilities and money that's needed to do it. He knows it's wrong. He acknowledging it's wrong with the other people that are doing it wrong with the people that have the power to make that happen. He should be absolutely roasted for this. I, I've lost all my respect for Brett Favre. I liked the guy. I liked watching him play. He was a good player. He was in Broadway one day when I was in Broadway. I was going to local restaurants just to see if I could run into the guy. Like I, And this is after some other shady stuff that this guy's done. I'm done. Absolutely. done. You know, I joke about being done with J-Lo and stuff. This is some, this is real stuff. This is somebody that's doing something wrong. I was saying last week for somebody that hasn't done something immoral or illegal, you know, I don't don't care about J-Lo. This is a guy that's doing something illegal and immoral and I'm done with him. And this is, you know, a hero of the nineties, absolutely being brought down and he deserves to without a doubt and, you know, cancel culture, all that stuff. Put it full on him. He deserves it right here.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of stories that we don't know all the information that's already run out, been trotted out on the national media and social media, which I think is not great. Um, especially when compared to this one. Because I think this you know enough. You have text messages of Brett Favre, as you said, knowing where the money's coming from, saying hey, there's no way anyone else is going to find out about this, right? If, let me stop right there. If you ever find yourself in life needing to write an email or send a text message or even just have a conversation face-to-face with someone where you feel the need to ask, hey, no one else is going to find out about this, right? You're probably not doing something right. And maybe just don't do that thing. But it's amazing. Like, and I was listening to somebody else talk about it today. It's just like the candor involved in some of the emails and text messages about what they were doing is upsetting. Like, it this is money that is intended to help people, and it's being redistributed to build a volleyball facility. Not saying that they shouldn't build a volleyball s- facility at Southern Miss. Just don't use money that is intended to help people and feed people. And help people that are in poverty. That's not the right money for that. That's other stuff, Mississippi. That's lottery money. That's what you use to help schools. And, well, but that should probably be help for actual schools. And seeing seeing as Mississippi ranks 50th in literacy, maybe it should be used to buy some books. But...
1: I, or maybe Brett but, Favre should open his own pockets, or talk yeah, to other donate people. donate your own money to Southern Miss and support getting money brought in there, or lead a fundraising campaign.
0: Right, but don't take Stop money that. from this. Don't take money from this program, which is it's sad and, huh? Oh, it, it's it's disgusting to see. I yeah. frankly, I've I've listened to different podcasts that have had different opinions on how much criminal liability Brett Favre has in this um it's sad to hear on some of them that they said they aren't sure he broke any laws technically i was like well even
1: more of a reason for him to get roasted that's upsetting so yeah face the punishment of public ridicule
0: yeah and honestly like i think it's disgusting that copperfit is standing by him like i think that's abhorrent i was (laughs) i was listening to a to a show talk about Brett Favre. <laughs> I was listening to a show talk about the Brett Favre scandal, and immediately when they go to break, it's a CopperFit commercial with Brett Favre. And I was like, <laughs> this is gross. Like, yeah, Copperfit's standing by Brett Favre. And I was like,
1: That's the hill you want to die on. Huh? Okay,
0: Copperfit. I you know You're what? I guess there's no one else that has ever represented your sham science company. So who else other than a sham artist? to represent your sham science company on
1: crystals to lay around your neck. Yeah. The,
0: the copper (laughs) is the healing power of copper, but just like, yeah, the healing power of copper, which is known in the medical community, which is why you're always injected with copper. Oh wait no that's to not our anything.
1: knowledge he was cleared of any wrongdoing <laughs> that, he, that will be the case in the civil suit did you see his text message no where he's like well, I know I'm doing something wrong come on will anybody they also
0: didn't read the thing in the American you know Medical Association or the American medical journal that says copper doesn't actually have any healing properties <laughs> to our knowledge no one's ever told us copper doesn't help.
1: Wherein except for helps. yeah except for everyone who's an actual
0: doctor <laughs> i love those oh, commercials man. you want to you want to get my brother mad oh show him a copper fit commercial we love it we might buy him a Copperfit as a Does joke
1: that really go out in the field and play like pickup football with dudes and jeans like is that what happens? oh that's
0: wrangler wrangler might have pulled
1: but these but he's out there playing with the equivalent guys out here like sure. in this Copperfit commercial he's playing yeah. with the same dudes. they just I guess they took the pants off. I don't know. So
0: Yeah. Copper fits really helped me be able to get my arm strength back <laughs> so I can reach into the state of Mississippi's pockets and pull out some money.
1: <laughs> oh Lord. I've been fired up about that one. Like for a week now, it's just, yeah. Like, yeah. it pisses me so off. Wrong. I can't believe it's people so don't talk about it. It's so wrong. I mean, there's been other, other things this week that have varying degree of, Holy crap. The Suns owner selling his team now, all that. I I Oof. I'm yeah. glad he's selling. I'm glad he's selling his team. I hope the I hope the NBA is the one that put the pressure on like it's time for you to do this. If you want to do it on your terms, I guess we'll eat that, but you better do this. I, I hope that was the case cuz
0: doubt it. Mm. I think it I think your most likely scenario is sponsors. Um oh. I think your He's second most likely scenario
1: often Celtics have morals. I appreciate that.
0: I think, I think your second most likely scenario is that someone called and gave him a number that he didn't want to refuse.
1: The list for people that were trying to buy that. One of those people that maybe gave him a number is a pretty interesting list. I mean, everybody's trying to get in the NBA, right? So, did you watch, where are you at in Welcome to Wrexham?
0: I am all caught up.
1: So you watched Welcome Home?
0: The one where they go to Wrexham?
1: Or you I haven't gotten so I there? Haven't, I haven't watched Welcome Home. Okay. I watched Away We Go was the last one I watched. That was released on September 14th. Is that the one so where they go to the match? Uh No.
0: Okay. You're going to have to tell me what happens.
1: <laughs> We're doing a terrible job at this. Well, I, I just don't want to, don't want to spoil Wii. it. I think you. I think you're the one that's like...
0: Well, I threw you <sighs> off last week when I told you I hadn't watched anymore, and really, in all reality, I'd watched... Tell me
1: which one you've watched now.
0: I'd watched all of them. <laughs> I've watched all of the episodes they've released. I've that's what I've
1: watched. The Welcome Home is the last one. It was released on September 1st. Then, yes. 21st. I thought you said... Okay.
0: I don't know what happens in that episode. I can't tell you
1: what happens in that episode.
0: Well, tell me what's happened and what you've watched, and I'll... I don't...
1: I've... I actually... You don't remember. I had watched all those a week ago, so... Oh, my gosh.
0: All right. Well, we'll do Welcome to
1: Wrexham maybe next week. Who knows? Only uh, two more episodes will be out by then. We'll be 11 through. So by next week, we'll have watched 11 episodes of Wrexham. So anybody else that wants to be with us for a conversation next week, that's what we're doing. This is a
0: great way to avoid spoilers because we literally don't know what each other has watched. This is how you do watch-alongs, right?
1: Yeah. I'm fully blaming you for this catastrophe that's happening. You know
0: what? That's fair.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. So everybody catch up this is your last warning next week we'll be on it for real. You watch anything this week other than the football we've already talked about. And obviously Aaron Judge trying to hit home runs.
0: Well before I tell you what I have been watching recently Leland, we have been pronouncing a young man from Stanton's name wrong. His uh, mom reached out to John, loyal listener, um who is friends with John and told us that his name uh the Stanton wide receiver from Stanton high school, Mark Sheffra. I hope that's closer.
1: Um, it's a playmaker.
0: Yes. Absolutely. If playmaker. we, if I still mispronounce it, I do apologize. I listened to it 10 times and Sheffra is, I think, I think that's what it was.
1: I, I share my, uh, worry of being able to pronounce that on the fly. Well, uh, out of no disrespect. And hopefully that's understood. Uh, I, I do appreciate I like she,
0: her, you know, Correcting us. Is I, I want to I get it right. Awesome. Yeah. He is great. He's been great. He's up Stanton. Yep. They got a bit yes. again in review. I mean, they got a big win against Waynesboro. I think they will get a big win against Harrisonburg. So hopefully Chef gets in the end zone a few times. I'm just gonna have to keep saying it. That's what's yeah, Chef What I've been watching has been on Hulu called The Dropout, which is about uh uh medical company that is doing these blood tests to help diagnose all these oh,
1: saeeds in it yeah i saw the commercials for this who uh naveen andrews saeed he's said, and lost
0: oh 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 wow he is isn't he yeah wow okay well good for him um but, yeah, Amanda Seyfried plays the main character, um, and it follows her character, uh, who drops out of Stanford, found, founds this company that's going to test blood in a different way and revolutionize the industry, and um, it's based on a true story. Uh, the only problem is it was pretty much all a con, and it goes into that, and that was – I look. I am totally under the understanding that there are some liberties taken somewhere along the way, but man, does she play a crazy person? Well, like there are times that I'm watching that show by myself, just sitting on the recliner, watching the show. And I am like, I am uncomfortable right now. Like I am scared just because of just how good she is at playing someone who frankly, obviously has a lot going on is a little bit crazy. I think I've got like eight minutes left in the series uh, when I stopped it to come up here and record this, but, uh, it's just like there are there. I mean, she changes her voice, how she talks, uh, how she dresses, how she acts. And this is a person who, by the way, like, and you figure this out as the show goes on, she doesn't have emotions like normal emotions, like you and me. Like if something bad happens to us, we'll be sad. Or if something bad happens to someone we care about, we'll be sad for her it's just like she's almost like a robot and it's it's kind of odd and she plays this character so well and you're like god that's weird like that is so weird to live your life like that i just can't imagine
1: i it's cool with her you know she's like in mean girls and i always find it funny these people that play kind of like it's a funny, dumb role in these teen movies and stuff. And, like, how many of them have turned out to be, like, good actors? And, and there's, like, examples of it uh, around. And I, I I think she's one of them. and I, She's been a good actress in other things, too. Uh, it's not just this. I haven't seen her in this, but I've seen her in other things where she she actually can act well. So I, I, I often think, like, people that are good in comedic roles are, like, can turn it on for drama and stuff. So uh, that's cool. That's cool to see that actually... I've been looking for something to watch, so that that might have just jumped up my list a little bit.
0: I would highly recommend it. It is a very, very good show. And the name of the CEO is Elizabeth Holmes. That is being portrayed. Um, it's, it's a fantastic show. I, I've i really liked it. Um, it's not as depressing as Dope Sick, so there's that. Um, not saying it's not depressing, but... And there are moments when you're watching it that you're like, ugh. But, yeah, man, just bone-chilling stuff. And this is, you know, a story that happened recently. Um, but yeah. obviously, like, I when, when it started I, and I saw some of the, like, news clips, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But then I, I just didn't pay attention, I guess, to the fall uh, of this company because I don't remember it very well. Um, but... I've very much enjoyed this show.
1: Well, it's jumped up my list. I've been watching the new Star Wars andor with the kids. And uh, is that good? It's well done. I think they make good efforts at everything they do anymore for these, um, for all these Star Wars. Like they're, they're, they're putting money into it, they're putting good directors and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't watch the first three that got released at one time. I didn't binge them. We watched one one day, one another day, and one another day. Tonight, the third one, and uh, I think I would have been much better if I would have watched them all at once. I think, I think they made them and realized those first two episodes are kind of slow because they're just building up so much stuff. Because there isn't a Skywalker or a, um, you know, anything that but we've I like ever that. known before, yeah, or a baby Yoda that, <laughs> like, right? We'll steal the show. Everything up and it's a prequel to a movie that was really kind of a one-off little thing um so it was they had a lot to set up so my oldest is the only one that stuck with me so far and uh she's liking it and this third episode really kind of brought it home so i just think if you go to watch it watch the first three in a whole uh because it finally gets the story moving here in the third one and uh yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to watch it either way, because I, I want to. And uh, I liked Rogue One, the movie, a lot. So I kind of want to see how this builds towards that. They've said from the start, it's a two-season show. Okay, I like that. Like, that means
0: you have a yeah. planned story. I like that.
1: Yeah, they have, like, the 16 episodes or whatever it's going to be to build up to where they need to get to. And so that's good. And uh, so I'm, I'm in. And uh, now that I'm through this third episode, um, I mean, I recommend it if you're interested. But, like, yeah, I mean, you you have to be interested. Like, you can't just come into Star Wars on this. Like, that's, that's not how this is going to work, so. Right. But it's different. I mean, it's a different vibe to this thing, and there's a lot of Star Wars world, that, that universe uh, that, you know, this is new information, new uh, social dynamics, and, uh, like, kind of a law enforcement situation that we're not used to, and understanding the time period of how this relates to the Star Wars movies that we are familiar with, as part plays part there, but still you got to understand what it is. And um, so it's, it's cool. So it's actually, yeah. you know, your early rebellion stuff and it's, it's cool. I like that.
0: Okay. Well, I'll give it a look. See
1: after two episodes, you're probably going to be like, all right, Leland. No, but I mean,
0: you said you've, part. you've warned me other. and I am interested in stories with new characters that we aren't familiar with. So,
1: yeah, and it's, I mean, if you I just want look to it,
0: reward like, them for trying that at least.
1: And I've, I've looked online. I've seen a lot of positive stuff about it. That's why when I was through two episodes kind of struggling, I was a little worried, but now okay. I get it. Okay. Um, But, yeah, the first three episodes, I think they're all, like, 40-ish minutes each. So it, it's just like you're, you're going to watch all three. It's going to be like a movie. So Sure.
0: All right. Well, unless you got something else, I think that will do it for us on the Yak Sports Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us yaksportspod at gmail.com. Subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you could subscribe on Spotify as well. Um, we hope the Waynesboro people found it okay this week. Um, apparently there were some problems last week. I, I wish I knew what to tell you. Um, I wasn't having any problems. I know, I know Leland tried to and wasn't having any problems. So um, I would just say try a different device or restart your device or something. I don't know. Um, but
1: Go straight to Podbean if you have to.
0: Sure. Uh, Make sure you tell your friends, though, so they never miss another episode because we are going to, you know, the first half of this episode is primarily on Augusta County high school sports and local sports because that's what we uh, care about the most. And we want to make sure you guys are hearing because we understand that there's, you know, not a whole lot of coverage on this stuff anymore. And we want to try to fill in the gaps as best as we can. And so because of that now, we're still going to talk about Virginia Tech and how many scholarships is the right amount to take away from kids, and you know, whether they should be allowed in Lane Stadium again or not? You know, I don't mind being the arbiter for that while Leland sits and chuckles and laughs.
1: Uh, but yeah, just ruin these kids' futures. That's, that's I don't care about this.
0: you know what they wanted nil. This is part of it now. You got to perform. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think uh, tell us what you think on Virginia Tech, UVA, JMU. The Dukes are doing well. The Dukes can have their NIL money. They can get their books paid for. They're going out and they're performing. Um, Virginia Tech, not so much. But until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this Yak Sports Podcast episode. Again, tell us what you thought. What you want to hear. What are you thinking about the NFL season or the baseball season? Should we just... Should I be more tolerable of Aaron Judge cut-ins, or am I right to be offended? I know Jeff Wright agrees with me. So
1: I agree. I agree with the cut-ins aspect of this.
0: I think I'm right on all of it. Um, but until then, when we hope last you enjoyed. You, you
1: were wrong about something.
0: <laughs> I admitted I was wrong about something not too long ago on this episode. This, Check the this tape. Rexlin.
1: You messing up our... Rexham oh,
0: yeah, much. that's what it was. Okay, yeah, I was wrong. I messed up. I, I messed you up on Wrexham. And I was wrong. I said I was wrong about Stanton. The Storm, I didn't think the Storm would be 4-0. I did.
1: I I, I said I was wrong about I was like, Waynesboro. I didn't, I didn't think
0: be. Waynesboro would be 0-5. I
1: said I was wrong in about In I thought that was a team that had potential to yeah. increase their win total. I did say that in August.
0: You did, and I did not give you credit for that. And I was wrong, so there. But also, sometimes Wilson
1: might be going down, and they hadn't done that to this
0: point. That proves well. I don't know. Friday night happened. I thought Harrison
1: was going to win the Valley District.
0: But that proves that I'm right about Aaron (laughs) Judge. Um, So, until next week, folks, enjoy this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Share with your friends and have a great week.
1: You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County Sports Podcast.